Hey listeners, welcome to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. Um, this is what, episode 120, I want to say? Like Somewhere 120-ish. I think it's 120 anyway. Uh, we are into February 2018. This is Women in Horror Month, so we're going to talk about movies that um, are derived, some more directly than others, some more indirectly than others, from the writing of Mary Shelley, Frankenstein. So, um, before getting into all of that, thank you to the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features. We play that at the top of the show because it just sort of sets the mood, makes us seem legit. Um, hey, maybe we are legit. <laughs> Listen and find out. Um, we're your hosts. I'm Richard. I'm here with Will. Hello. And Jolian. Hello, everyone. Um, we're back. We're all here. This is awesome. Um. Let's talk about what we watched since last time so then we could get into some proper Frankensteining. So, uh, Will, do you want to go first? All I watched was Frankenstein films. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. How many? Ten? Just four. Oh. I was thinking it was going to be ten or fifteen. Um, what were they? No, I just watched one a night. Uh, I watched Frankenstein. Another one called Frankenstein. Uh-huh. One called Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. And that was followed by Lady Frankenstein. Oh, wow. Which was Frankenstein, but made for a lady. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, what were the other three Frankensteins? Well, now, actually, I watched Frankenstein, The True Story. What, really? Yeah. True and Story. Frankenstein's Army. Uh-huh. Seen it. Uh, Frankenstein's Navy. <laughs> <laughs> no. Dracula's Coast Guard. <laughs> no. Frankenberry's Postal Service. <laughs> <laughs> Frankenstein 2004. I like that idea. 2004. Yeah. Yeah. I've not seen the true story one for ages. So hold up. Is it? it was it was one of the better ones. Um <clears throat> I don't know how true it was. Uh I did listen to a BBC thing you Oh yeah. posted uh from what's his name's book. I don't remember the guy. Now. But uh Christopher Frailing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, learned some facts about Frankenstein. Frankenstein was based on a book called Dracula. <laughs> we're, we're here to confuse the listeners, apparently. <laughs> yeah, so Christopher Frailing did this book, which came out at the end of last year, called uh, Frankenstein, the First 200 Years. And he did um, a program on the BBC, yeah. um, which you can still get on the internet. Um where uh, it's basically a distillation of his own book. Yeah. But it's got like, you know, sound bites from various films and figures, including John Carpenter and 
Yeah. Yeah, so it's quite interesting. It was good. I learned a lot of things. Uh, see what else. Uh, Mary Shelley was a woman. Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Little known fact. Little known fact. Uh, I did not realize that when she rewrote, well, that she rewrote Frankenstein and uh, that it came out in 1818, but then after its popularity, uh, although she made no money on it, a lot of plays were based on it. Mm-hmm. She kind of rewrote it with the plays in mind. Yes. I did not realize that. Yeah. That was, uh, but she seemed happy enough that it was popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, would have been nice if she'd made some money. Right. I think she made 30 pounds off of it. Yeah, she, she was always poor. And... So the playwright stole her play and then she stole it back. Well, they stole yeah, her book. They had no respect for copyright. Well, they no. had no copyright, mm. really. And if you did a play or people were doing, you know, uh, their own books, their own uh, chopped up versions of Frankenstein. How we're we... piece back together. Yeah, how were you going to prove anything back then, right? If you, if you read uh, Freyling's book, you realize how much of what we uh, think of when we think of Frankenstein is actually from the stage. Yeah. Uh, like the, the assistant named Fritz and mm-hmm. the mute monster and, you know, there's, there's so much comes out stage versions yeah as we pointed out um it was many episodes ago that uh the monster was quite eloquent in the book Mm -hmm. i mean downright flowery prose from that guy so yeah it is quite different than how uh you know universal studios portrayed him Uh, what about frankenstein's army how did you like that that diesel punk sort of dear god (laughs) Why did it have to be found footage? That's a great question. Why does everything have to be found footage? It had no reason why it had to be found footage. Um, Yeah. Also, and, you know, I mean, to meet Nick Picky in a film called Frankenstein's Army, they pick the camera out of the bag at the beginning, and he tells the guy, turn it on. (laughs) Of course. But it would be a hand-wound camera, I mean... You can yeah. hear it, right? Turning when the you know, it felt like a video game, like I was watching someone play Doom or <laughs> it was something. A, yeah, it was a first-person shooter, basically. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's large part. Sounds about right. Um, I think it would have been so much more effective if it wasn't found footage. Yeah. People need to stop it already. Unless you're going to really knock it out of the park and do something innovative. Just don't. I don't think you can. I mean, haven't we all accepted film at this point? Yeah, I would think so. It's not going to fool me. Oh my God, this could be real? (sighs) That ship sailed after the first Blair Witch Project movie. Yeah, I mean... Do you know what the Blair Witch was missing? the, The first movie, Blair Witch Project? Um, it was more naked witches. Um, well, basically, it was it was missing uh, jerk face. They, yeah. they got they got that right in the second movie, the, mm-hmm. the Book of Shadows. Book of Shadows, Blair Witch Two. Yes, Book yeah. of Shadows. Yes, it, it had uh, what's his name, Donovan. Uh, 
Jeffrey Donovan. Jeffrey Donovan in it. Yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> you know, we should do that movie sometime. We should do the worst of. We should I, do like I watched a, that movie for the show already. We should do the, the Jolien Half Star Film Fest. Ooh. <laughs> I don't even know if Book of Shadows is half a star. Yeah. I have no conscious memory of it. I'm not sure it's if I bad. saw it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. They took another script and they just slapped the right. Blair Witch name on it. Right. Yeah, I think so. That was my theory anyway. Yeah. So yeah, after after the Blair Witch Project, um, well, what is the point really? And no one's yeah. being fooled. And uh, the Jersey Devil movie, what was that one called? The Jersey Devil. I don't think it was. Um, Jersey Devil Project. The Jersey Devil Project. It was it was being made the same time as Blair Witch, and it was found footage. And I think they got screwed the same way that uh, Stir of Echoes got screwed by The Sixth Sense. Um, in that it, it was, was a lousy film was, that came out at the same time as another film that was slightly better. That's right. <laughs> that had uh, sort of me. the same story. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'll think of the name of it some other time, but it's not important. Jersey Devils. <laughs> the Jersey Devils. Um, what else was on that list? That's it. That's all oh. I watched. Oh, man. We're going to have to go more in depth when we start talking about the Frankensteins. <laughs> Frankenstein, well, it was all kind of the samey. Yeah. You know? Pretty much. What I don't understand about Frankenstein, I mean, in the book it makes sense, but in the Fr- Frankenstein movies, um, they never really justify why they have to piece him together from other people. Why can't they just reanimate one dead guy? Yeah, like, oh, that guy just died, just reanimate him. I mean, isn't that amazing enough? Why yeah. do we have to stitch him all together? You know who got it right? Reanimator. Reanimator. I did watch The Indestructible Man, which is kind of a Frankenstein mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. movie with uh, Long Cheney. Yes. Long Long Cheney Sr. or Junior? Junior. Yeah, Long Cheney Jr. Long Cheney Jr. with his uh, really uh, boozy looking face. He looks <laughs> like he's got the DTs bad in this movie. It's from the 60s, so... The face that launched a thousand bottles. Yeah. Wow. Well, Jolien, what have you watched? Uh, well, apart from a whole bunch of Frankenstein movies, I watched um, uh, Jigsaw oh. f- from last year. The new Saw movie, sort of. Yeah, Saw 8, basically. So, yeah, Saw 8. Same thing again. Yep. Bunch of twists. Yep. Lots if you, of traps. If you did all the same stuff but didn't do it as well. Well, it, it even uses the same twist from previous films. I won't tell you which films they were. But, oh, okay. Um, yeah. Hmm. So did your eyes hurt from rolling too much? No, it's just kind of bland. I didn't... No, nobody registered it as, as actual human beings, really. Oh. And no one in these films, like, he, he's like a punishing them for various things and wanting them to confess and stuff like that it's like, yeah dude you're you're spending all your time making torch contraptions and causing incredible pain you know what <laughs> so this is the moral high ground something you'd like to tell us about you know yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah you're, you're the moral authority here yeah. dude, right the guy making traps that tear your head apart yeah yeah make them confess what terrible things they've done sure yeah, so it's okay, you know, it delivers and all the usual sort of stuff. Except for logic. Yeah. I mean, you'd wish that, like, was it 10 years since the last one? Has it been, been that long? long, really? It's set 10 years after. Oh, that. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah, what, what was the 3D one? That, that wasn't so long ago, was it? Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I don't think they go three or four years without making one. That shows how much conscious memory I have of this entire series. Yeah. Um, yeah, just it's just like another one. Yep, here's another one. Yep, just go push the bar that dis- that uh, dispenses the saw pellets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically. I think that's how this saw works. Pez. Yes. Uh, what else? Uh, and then a whole bunch of Frankenstein movies. Oh, all right. Well, we'll get to those immediately after my short list. Um, you loaned me Wendigo, mm. which was, was that 2001? To go. Uh, I'd like Wendigo to go. Uh, it had Jake Weber, who um, the first time I noticed him in something, and maybe the first time I saw him, um, was in um, the, make of, the remake of Dawn of the Dead. He was kind of the protagonist guy. Mm. Who, who sort of sort of seem to have a shit together and have an idea for a plan. And then it's like, oh, I'm a TV repairman. You know, it's like, mm. oh, so he's not like a paramedic or a cop or something. Um, but he uh, he was like a, a pretty believable everyman in that Dawn of the Dead remake. Yeah. So in Wendigo, I'm kind of expecting him to be similar. It, it was made around the same time. And uh, uh, Larry Fessenden uh, wrote and directed mm-hmm. this. He did a good job. Uh I wanted it a little bit more, uh, what did somebody compare it to deliverance mixed with something? Um, I forget what they said, but I wanted more deliverance because the menacing hillbilly guy, uh, should have been a little more lurky, a little more menacing. I I wish I could say it better, but, uh, he kept showing up and he kept driving by and things were getting holes shot through them when people weren't around to hear it. It wasn't enough. It was, it was lacking something in the menacing hillbilly department. Mm-hmm. In the Department of Menacing <laughs> Hillbillies, actually, is now a branch of our government. Yeah, probably <laughs> is. So, um, yeah, so there's that. Uh, that was uh, worth a look for sure. I liked mm-hmm. it. Um, Orphanage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which you would also love me. Spanish one, yeah. Yeah, it's a good Spanish movie. I enjoyed that one. Um I watched a Svengoolie uh, presentation of ants, exclamation point. Um, Is that one of those TV oh, movies? Yes, it, it was. was a TV movie. Mm. And I enjoyed it for the fact that it had uh, all of that stuff that felt like you were watching an episode of Charlie's Angels or something. <laughs> and it was just, it was crap. It was TV crap of the 70s. And so... Love it. Oh, I want to see it now. Yeah, it was yeah. <laughs> It was so itself. Like, there, it, it was so exactly itself. Uh, you know, you've got Suzanne Summers in it. What more do you need to, yeah. to say 70s I think, TV? Uh, Kingdom of the Spiders comes out on Blu-ray soon. Oh, man. It needs to be on Blu-ray, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Sven Gulli does a great job always of, of interjecting interesting factoids and poking fun at the movies. So okay. he's on MeTV for anyone who wonders where to find Sven Gulli. Saturday night, every, every Saturday night, he uh, does a send-up of whatever movie on the in-betweens and, and you know, then you get the movie. So if you don't like his shtick, then he's never on screen for more than a few minutes. Uh, a rewatch of plan nine from outer space. And mm. maybe this is a good time to announce what we're working on. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so far, and I think we're going to get Jolien involved in this too, but, uh, we, uh, are working on a plan nine from outer space coloring book. Yes. So, yeah. So that's, uh, that's a thing. Uh, I know that there's a couple of coloring just, books out just there. Gray and black pencils, though. 
you basically, yeah. I was, you know, you were discussing getting a, a grayscale, a gray set. crayon, a white crayon, a black crayon, but yeah. we only need a black crayon. Well, really, yeah, you just got to have better control of your crayons. You know, because <laughs> you don't color the white bits. Right. And you just color softly for the gray bits. Right. Mm-hmm. Very therapeutic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I've heard it's like meditating, but, you know, if you're slow. Yeah. So, uh... I hope that we can release can cut this. that all out. <laughs> no. Because I'm not helping sell in coloring books yeah. <laughs> with yeah. that talk. You, you know what people are going to do. They're going to bust out all their brightly colored crayons, and they're going to give Vampire purple hair, and you know what they're going to do. I hope so. You could only it's hope so. Like Frankenhooker. Yeah, which I wish I had watched. Um, so Plan 9... We were going to watch uh, I, Frankenstein, but it was... Uh, like six dollars or something and you just happen to know it's not great so uh, yeah. i was like get oh. it from the library yeah yeah eugenia uh, was like oh that that one sounds good and i'm like it's uh frankenstein tossed into into the, the underworld mm-hmm. movies and she's like yeah that's, that's exactly what i want from a film <laughs> so let's watch it and, and i was and like of oh it's, it's six bucks you think you want it kind of like when you're a kid and you want to eat the whole birthday cake Mm-hmm. Until so we you, watch until you get it, and then you don't want it anymore. We watched Lady Frankenstein instead. Mm. Man, was... that's a good one. No, no, <laughs> no. Um, I don't know if it's better than I Frankenstein. Yep, definitely. But uh, it was not good. <laughs> uh, have you seen Creep Two? Creep Two. You don't even need to see Creep. Just Creep Two. I saw. It's on Netflix. Up there on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Creep 2, the squeakle. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's not found footage, but it is found footage in the in the sense that it's a woman who has like a, like a web-based uh, show. And mm-hmm. she's answering some, I guess, Craigslist ad, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. And she's going to go meet with this guy who who's sort of in a uh, summer home type of a place, kind of out in the boonies. And she's supposed to be a videographer answering an ad. And she's feeling like, oh, you know, nothing's really working out. I'm trying to do this show. And all the people I go and meet from these ads are just not interesting and or or just just blandly creepy. And she shows up and he basically announces right off the get go that. So I'm a serial killer, you know, and and I want to tell my story. And this is why. And here's. Here's a something you should watch, and he cues up something on his his big television, and it's uh, obviously a, a a camera that's on a tripod filming someone sitting on a bench looking at a lake from a pretty decent distance, and then he just goes up and uh, dispatches this person, and uh, he's like, "So there's that," and of course she doesn't know if this is real or not. Yeah, she agrees to the project. <laughs> And so you follow along. As one would. Yeah. You follow along these two characters uh, on their little journey together. And I don't want to ruin any of it because. And this is a romantic comedy? You could call it a (laughs) rom-com. If you want to. You can call it anything you want to. Um, As long as you call it Creep 2. Creep 2. Not to be confused with Creep. So, uh, not going to spoil it. It's on Netflix. I think it was just just recently added. And uh, so I think. You know, Netflix has just. No Frankenstein movies. None. No Frankenstein movies. Nothing with sad. The, nothing with the name Frankenstein in it. Yeah, that's all I searched for. Shudder only has two. 
Yeah, but Prime had several. Yeah, I'm sure it did. I didn't even think to look on Prime. Uh, let, since we're obviously about to talk about um, Frankenstein movies, let me lead into this by saying I was going to watch The Bride, starring Sting and Jennifer Beals. Yeah. And that wasn't available anywhere except for like, oh, you got to pay six bucks. What do you think you're sitting on here wanting six bucks for this? Yeah, there was something else that was like, oh, the I can't remember. It was just titled Frankenstein, so I don't remember the year. But the Houston Chronicle said it was, you know, unlike a Frankenstein you've ever seen or something stupid. And we were like, oh, let's watch that one. But they wanted to sell it to me for $10. And it's like, <laughs> what do you think you're sitting on? Nobody's paying $10 to watch this, no matter what the Houston Chronicle says about yeah, it. about this no-name movie. Well, yeah. it's called Frankenstein. Well, yeah, not no-name, but uh, it, was, it was co-opting a name that it yeah. pro- probably didn't deserve, if we know how that stuff goes. The Bride, though, I remember liking it. I didn't recognize Clancy Brown as being um, Victor the monster mm. um, at all. Like, and, and, you know, I think I've told you before, I liked Highlander. I think it maybe came out the year before Highlander, and maybe that's why I didn't recognize him. Mm. Because I couldn't... Yeah, st- I think it did come out before Highlander. Because he was the Kurgan. Because that came out in 85, didn't it? I think The Bride came out in 85, and I think Highlander came out in 86. Mm-hmm. Which would explain me not I recognizing I believe so. Him. Yeah. And he's got a good amount of makeup on. But uh, So he plays Sting? Yes. <laughs> and Sting plays the monster. And Sting plays Jennifer Beals. Yes. Uh, Sting can do whatever he wants. He's Sting. I mean, even still, he gets away with all kinds of stuff that mere mortals don't. Huh. Um, so, yeah, I was going to watch The Bride, but instead I watched The Curse of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Um Shall I start, or do you guys have anything you're really wanting to talk no, about? No, go, f- go for it. That's so, Hammer's first Frankenstein. I believe it was, 1957. Yep. So, okay. Um, Starring uh, Christopher Lee. Um, yep. He's in it. Uh, Peter Cushing is actually the lead, technically, yeah. and then um, Christopher Lee plays the... Monster. The monster, yes. And uh, then a bunch of other English people that our listeners may or may not have heard of, but I have a list of them here. Uh, we'll go into that later. Um so, it was one of the Hammer movies, so there were some furly shirts, um, there was a castle, there was some fire, you might expect all of these things. Um, it looked colorized to me, and it was not. I no, mean, it was, it was just color. shot in color. But, you know how Technicolor looks overly vivid? This looks like the way a colorized movie looks. Yeah. It's really weird. I think it was, uh, Hammer was uh, Eastman color. Oh, Okay. So I don't I don't know what that meant to yeah, not, what was happening, but I don't yeah. know if it's in the book. Well, I saw that note, and I and I do believe that's what it said. But uh, so the film looks really cool. The saturation's a little weird, like in a good way. I like the look of it. Um, the story, though, uh, they did go in original directions with their storytelling here because it wasn't just your usual Frankenstein story. If you're following the book loosely or not. Um, this is kind of going off on its own idea. It's, uh, the young Baron Frankenstein inherits the family fortune. He kind of basically tells everybody to get lost and he just brings in a tutor that's going to help him fulfill his brilliance and get educated to the level he wants to be educated in science and math and everything that he knows is going to be useful for whatever endeavors he might want to undertake, which of course quickly turn into reanimating things. And, uh, 
So it shows him, you know, flash forward years later and he's in the lab with his guy who hasn't aged as much as him because now poof, he's Peter Cushing. He went from like 15 years old to Peter Cushing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, basically in one, in one wipe. Yeah. So, uh, there he is, uh, working on reanimating. It shows them building small things and then kind of, you know, does a little dissolve or a fade into like, here they are reanimating a puppy in a tank of some sort of puppy reanimating solution. And, uh, and so I'm thinking, well, this is different. You know, we're not straight into the monsters. We're more than a half hour into this movie, and I've, I've seen more frilly shirts than I've seen monsters. But I'm going to hang with it. Um, and Jolien, you gave me this movie. Mm-hmm. You gave me Taste the Blood of Dracula and The Curse of Frankenstein on one DVD. Yeah, I had not watched this yet. Oh, okay. until just the other night. Um, so you do see a little kind of foreshadowing at the beginning of it that uh, he has a, a cousin who's probably a year or two, a few years younger than him. And uh, his aunt is basically asking if they're still going to get their monthly allowance. And he's like, yes, yes, yes. Now get out of here. You know, don't worry. It'll be there first of the month. Get out. You know, he doesn't want to be bothered with anybody, Mm -hmm. but his tutor. So um, she comes back into play later in the story as his fiance. So Hazel court. Yes. Hazel court. Um, She's very lovely. Mm -hmm. Um, so he's going to be her husband, I think. Is is that the word for it? When you marry your cousin? Yeah. Yeah. So he's going to be your husband, but she, he likes the um, the uh, housekeeper. So he's not really interested, but the tutor seems to be interested in her when she shows up like, hi, I'm going to live with you now, <laughs> which uh, basically I think was uh, the idea was expressed in a letter, but it really wasn't... Um, out in the open that she was coming to stay at the house and that she was supposed to marry the Baron. Uh, in the 1800s, this all kind of looked like Charles Dickens days. So was it normal for people to marry their f- first or second cousins? Was that a thing? Yeah, it was, it was sure. Illegal. Yeah. Oh, okay. It just seemed, it seemed a little odd, but I guess not that big of a deal. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, we've, we've got in the grand scheme of Frankenstein things. Yeah, no, cousin marrying is, it's pretty far down on the list. Yeah. Well, this, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Reanimating whoa, puppies. Whoa. Fine. Marrying your cousin. Come on. Kind of sicko are you? Yeah. Pump the brakes on that a little bit. You weirdo, <laughs> you know? So anyway, uh, we, we've got this thing where, um, Puppies weren't good enough. They need to go get some proper corpses of humans and reanimate those. I don't think the cousin came into the story yet. I kind of had to skip forward because that's, you know, so scandalous. Um, so he's, uh, so the Baron and his, and his um, let's see, what is this cat's name? The, uh, the tutor. <laughs> the tutor is Dr. Paul Crimp. Okay, so Paul. Okay, so we've got um, we got Victor Frankenstein and, and Paul the tutor, and they decide they're going to go out and get a human corpse. So, oh yeah, they just hanged this guy. So let's go cut him down from the uh, from the gallows and throw him in a wagon and bring him back down here. <laughs> There's a great quote, and I don't know if I have it. I don't think I have any of my notes marked where the funny things are, but uh, uh, something about uh, the the guy's hands look like just blunt instruments or something like that. He's like, you know, obviously he wouldn't be good for, 
for anything refined. And then uh, something about his, uh, the birds have been pecking at his head while he was hanging on the gallows. And he's like, well, we'll cut that off. That won't be of any use to us. <laughs> so they just saw the head <laughs> off. And then you know, they bandage up his body and throw it in this big tank of the, uh, I guess it's puppy reanimating solution. And uh, so they're, they're working on piecing them together. So there's one reason you need to cut them up and put them back together is that the birds pecked his head apart. Uh, but you hear about a hanging, you just... Go a little earlier? Go a little earlier, hang around. Yeah. You know, wait. And as soon as everyone leaves, you know, before the birds show up, go cut them down. Yeah. Not rocket <clears throat> science. Uh, it would make for a shorter movie. It would be a little less gory. Um, apparently, Universal had a problem with the makeup. Uh, they were trying to stop them from making anything that resembled... Yeah, they had a copyright on the Jack yeah. Pierce look. Yeah, they, yeah, the Jack Pierce look was well described and copyrighted. So they made sure to um, make... Uh, uh, Christopher Lee looked quite different than Boris Karloff and not a look I'm used to. I'll admit that. So whenever I would see stills from this, I'd be like, that's not Frankenstein. He doesn't look Karloffy enough to be Frankenstein. <laughs> you know, um, Jack Pierce clearly not involved, but, uh, but still looked really kind of crazy and gory the way he had the big stitched together face. Uh, so the story really, um, it, it goes to, uh, escalating uh, to the next, like what can we, what crazy thing can we do next? <clears throat> and so apparently Victor gets the idea, like what if we invite someone really smart over and then just shove him off the steps and he dies? Then we reanimate him, and, mm. or no, we the brain was no good. So yeah, the brain's never any good right. for some reason. Yeah, the brain's no good in this monster. But if we get this guy, kill him, take his brain out, mm. and stick it in the monster, then we got a good monster. It makes yeah. sense. What would make more sense would be just like dispose of the monster and just reanimate the dead guy. Yeah, I suppose. Well, you know, it's not as. It's, what's a good way to put it? It's not as uh, interesting. It's not as. Uh, intriguing or provocative an idea so you gotta saw a head open and pluck a brain out and yeah stick it in another skull so i like the way that went that's amazing stunt isn't it it really is it looked it looked good yeah yeah i can't quite figure out how they did that without killing him <laughs> well the wraparound for this whole thing that i forgot to mention is that he's in prison um, right, right and he's telling a story mm -hmm. and then uh at the end of the movie Paul comes to um, hopefully rescue him from, I th you think it's going to be the gallows, but it's actually the guillotine. Mm -hmm. He doesn't. The long and the short of it is he does not save him. Um, did I mention spoilers, by the way? <laughs> we are going to spoil these movies to well, some extent. Well, it did come out, you know, like 60, 60 years ago. <laughs> yeah. You've had 60 you've, years to see You've had your things. chance. You've had your whole life. <laughs> What's one more minute going to do right now? Also, it's Frankenstein, so... <laughs> yeah. Although I guess the book doesn't end with a guillotine or any of the other movies, but... Right. But this is probably one of the least obscure films of Frankenstein. Frankenstein, yes. Yeah. So it's not something you've never seen or heard reference to. kicked off, you know, not just Hammer, but horror around the world. Yeah. So, um, so this one, you know, you, you got full color, so that... You, when there's blood, you actually mm -hmm. see blood, and um, very shocking. I think in the yeah. 
the stuffy times that were still lingering on in 1957. Um, what I thought would be a really cool ending, not to get all fan fiction-y about this, was Paul shows up. He's not going to save him. He just lets him kind of rant on. And, and they kiss. Yeah. <laughs> they start making out. Um, it, it, it seems like, okay, he's going to hear him out, and then he's going to say, yes, it's all mm-hmm. true. This man isn't lying. And he doesn't say that. He just kind of keeps looking across at the other at the guard and everybody else and is like, yeah, it's crazy. Right. <laughs> and then he just leaves, leaving him to, you know, to be executed. But mm-hmm. what I thought would have been more interesting would be show the execution. And then Paul goes and robs his body. <laughs> that would have been fucking brilliant. It's like, yeah, I let, I threw you under the bus. So by you, you haven't seen the sequel to this. Have you? <laughs> no. Because right. Frankenstein's back. The, the curse of the curse of Frankenstein? The, the revenge of. The revenge, the revenge of Paul. Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Paul Frankenstein. There's like six other movies after this one. Yeah. Oh, okay. With Frankenstein in it. Yeah, they went all the way up to the 70s. Yeah. Did they did they retrieve his body from the guillotine? I, I won't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> well, fuck, man. <laughs> You're going to have to watch. watch. It. Yeah. But his death didn't... <laughs> didn't slow him down we'll say that much. Yeah, this podcast is bullshit <laughs> i come up with a great idea and it's like it's already been done hey you're only 60 years late <laughs> yeah well i could pass it off as my idea yeah you know you don't have to even wait 60 years so i rather enjoyed this one yeah it's good yeah yeah it was really cool like if you can't handle hammer films because they're kind of set in that Charles Dickens looking world, then, you know, you might have a problem with this one, but if, if you can get over it, it's a curb about an inch high, get over that curb onto this. Yeah. Everything takes place in a weird Victorian age that never seems to end. <laughs> Cause you watch the later ones and it's like, it's still, it's still Victorian. It's still it? Victorian. They never, I don't know, but now they've got cars. <laughs> There's some weird yeah, stuff some the, there. Some of the later Dracula ones where he goes into swinging London. Yeah. <laughs> In a hover car. In a hover car. It's like straight up steampunk, isn't it? So um, did not get to watch The Bride. I did watch The Curse of Frankenstein and I'm about... I'd say about two thirds of the way through the erotic rites of Frankenstein. Oh, the Jess Franco one. Yeah, I've not on, seen that one. It's on Shutter. Uh, oh, oh. darn it! Yeah, well, you know, we'll figure out a way to hook you up with a, uh, a password to get in or something. I don't know how that works, but yeah, you got to see that one. Mm. He's silver. Frankenstein. He's fucking silver for there, no explained reason. There was a Japanese superhero series where you know the 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 bad guys organization they have a bunch of henchmen uh-huh. and in this case they they all wear these like uh you know the frankenstein monster rubber masks but yeah. they're all spray painted silver that's and weird. then the rest of them is like black leotards interesting i can't remember which series it was there oh it's a serious drama <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> sounds like it um so that one uh just Franco, you'd expect a lot of nudity and nonsense, mm. like just weird, <laughs> unexplained nonsense. Like you're like, why does this character even want to do this weird thing they're doing? But okay, uh, so I, I think I'll I'll maybe start it over, watch it straight through, and then report back next time. Okay, so that's what I have. Uh, do you want to go next, uh, Julian or Will? Yeah, go. 
John. Okay. Well, I was thinking, since this is Frank and Barreri and yes. uh, women in horror movies, uh, I started off with the ladies. Good. So Lady Frankenstein, uh, Frankenstein's daughter, and Jesse James meets Frankenstein's daughter. Oh, wow. Yeah. Have you seen that one? No. Never even heard of that one. Well, uh, technically, she's the granddaughter of Victor, but she is the daughter of, of A. Frankenstein. Okay. All right. So the, the family's passed down the, the recipe book. Of course. And then, uh, so now it's in the hands of uh, Maria and her brother, Rudolf, and they live on uh, somewhere in the southwest states. Um, well, might not have been the states at the time. Um, so this is like the 19th century. Territories. Jesse James is running around. And um, uh, so this is directed by William Bodine, who was like an incredibly prolific guy. Yeah. He's famous for, he did this film called Mom and Dad, hmm. which is this roadshow movie that came out in 45. Okay. And that made a load of money for somebody, not him, but uh, it played everywhere for years and years because it showed like footage of actual birth. Yeah. Stuff like that. And, um, oh, right. Anyway, he he he'd been like this really well-paid director in the silent era, and then uh, he'd made investments in some things like banks that just crashed and mm. lost all his money. So, so he was out of work. Uh, people wouldn't pay him what he was paid in the twenties, and uh, someone said, "Do you want to direct this like incredibly cheap all-black cast film?" And he thought, "Oh, I'm going to be condemned to doing." You know, low yeah. budget stuff all the rest of my life if I do this, and he was, and he was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lesson learned. Um, but he, you know, he 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 was working for decades and decades, and he did like TV in the sixties. Yeah. So. Um. Anyway. Uh. So you got uh. Yeah. Maria Frankenstein, and uh, she's working on her project, and Jesse James is running around. He's he's played by uh John Lupton. Who was in the Broken Arrow TV series? Uh, and he's he's with his pal, who's this big bodybuilder guy, uh, played by Cal Boulder, and his name is Hank. Hmm. But once he gets worked on by the Frankenstein's, they they rechristen him Igor. Oh, nice! I thought he was going to be called Hankenstein. Hankenstein, <laughs> <laughs> that would have oh been better. <laughs> Uh, there's way too much talking in this, and obviously to get around the budget, there were uh, cutting corners. Talky, talky, talky. Um, there's a nice matte painting of Talk the cheap. of the mansion yeah. and stuff. Um, so anyway, I watched this at like three in the morning. It's a perfect time for it. Yeah. Uh, so this this was intended as a double bill with Billy the Kid meets, meets Dracula. Dracula. Yeah. How is that one? I've always wondered. Is it bad? Yeah, it's okay. bad. It's pretty bad. I don't remember <laughs> much about it. Can you imagine if somebody handled that material and made like this fantastic movie out of it? <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Mm-hmm. Like everybody would turn their nose up at it and the word right. would get out. Oh, it's awesome. You should see it. Yeah. It's some okay. of Tarantino's best work. Yeah. yeah. Oh, do it. Do it, Quentin. Yeah. Um, Rodriguez could produce. It'd be great. Yeah. Weinstein, not so much. So Stay, uh, stay out of it. Frankenstein's Daughter is from a little earlier, 1958. Uh, this is directed by uh, Richard Kuno, who did uh, She Demons. And, okay. Um, the effects are by Harry Thomas. Um, in this one, you've got Sandra Knight as Trudy and John Ashley as Johnny. Um, and you've got uh, this fellow who turns out to be Oliver Frankenstein. And 
and uh, he's the grandson. All of Frankenstein. He's the, he's the homely cousin Frankenstein that comes yeah. to live with them. <laughs> so the actual <clears throat> the good doctor is the uh, descendant of Victor, and the Frankenstein's daughter is his creation. So first, what he does, he's living in this house which somehow has a whole secret wing of it. <laughs> the suburban house in, in Los Angeles. You know, he, the the guy who actually owns the house is not aware that if you go through his lab and open up the bookshelves, there's this like massive like cinder block complex beyond that, and then he's got this like whole attic and stuff. Wow, and it's, his, so it's above ground. Yeah, it's one thing if it's a bunker, but come on. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, it's got Harold Lloyd Jr. in, in it as this singer named Don. Um, Wait, the human fly's son? Harold Lloyd, the human fly? Harold Lloyd, the comedian? Yeah, the guy who would hang on the clock face, yeah, yeah. the clock tower? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the human fly. Yeah. Um, and Donald Murphy plays Oliver Frankenstein. Um, so what he's, what he's doing at first, he's, him and the, the fellow who owns the house, uh, they're working on this serum. Mm-hmm. Um which is supposed to cure ills. Uh, and he's, uh, Oliver's testing it out on the fella's niece who lives in the house. Uh, she's she's Trudy. Oh, okay. And uh, the side effect is that it causes deformities. Uh, so, like, uh, you know, whenever he's, he's like, slipped her, you know, he slipped her a drink with the stuff in it. Yeah. Uh, she, could, like, gets worse and worse. She, she, she got... Gets like the uh, uh, big bushy eyebrows and ping pong ball <laughs> eyes and like teeth that stick out of her mouth and yeah she looks like a liberal wow. democrat member of parliament. Um, <laughs> uh, but then he then he gets uh, then he gets to creating an actual creature and uh, apparently it, it's meant to be female. But they got this like you know big tough guy uh, Harry Wilson. Uh, you see him in lo- lots of stuff and support roles like. Um, uh, the year after this, mm-hmm. after Frankenstein's daughter, he was in Some Like It Hot. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> one of the greatest films ever made. But anyway, um, this this one's enjoyable. I, I like this one. It's got some interesting um, like sexual politics going on. She is surrounded by men who are just jerks and just want to tell her what to do. And yeah, I wish that her character had been more pushy. And you know, she just like she just wants to marry a guy. You know, she's not interesting mm. in herself but she's every man around her is just like uh, it's a patronizing jerk if they're not poisoning her with deformity <laughs> chemicals um so he, he makes this creature and apparently it was meant to be female and uh harry thomas the the makeup effects guy didn't know this because he's like this big bulky guy and so he had to do things on the spot because they were shooting really fast and cheaply yeah and uh, they said uh oh uh, and he saw in the dialogue that this monster was supposed to be female. <laughs> Surprise! And, uh, so, he, so all he did was like stick some lipstick on it. <laughs> wow! <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Uh, so this has got some surprisingly uh, gory bits for the time. There's, there's, there's a bit where um, <laughs> there's this, there's this uh, uh, Oliver wants to uh, pick up um, some more parts. Uh, so he like runs over this woman <laughs> out on Mon- Mulholland Drive, 
And then the, the creature brings her back into the lab and you see her legs sticking out of the blanket and then just like cut up. It's like she's been backed over by a combine harvester. It's mm. pretty <laughs> gruesome. Um, anyway, um, Owen Oliver says, my favourite line of his is, um, now we're aware that the female brain is conditioned to a man's world and therefore takes orders where the other ones didn't. Ha. Huh. So that's why he's making a female one instead of the male ones that his ancestors did. Oh, okay. But it doesn't make sense at all because when the women that he's using were alive, they didn't listen to him. Yeah. Well, yeah. Why are they going to start now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. so, anyway, um, it's, it's quite funny. I, I, I say check it out. Uh, and then uh, Lady Frankenstein. 1972? Yeah. 73? 71. So this is directed by Mel Wells, who's also known for another cheapo horror movie yes um one of the fastest shot movies ever what is it little shop of horrors oh okay oh. yeah he's, he's uh gravis mushnik ah uh yeah so uh he, he went to europe and he, he could speak several languages so he was he did a lot of work dubbing and stuff like that so so is is this one just patently bad? I mean, what 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 do I need to watch out for here? Because I'm clearly going to watch this thing. Uh, well, there's a big guy whose head is big enough to hold two brains. Okay. And it might. I'm not sure. So he's a monster. Uh, I believe they filmed at least the copy I watched on Prime. I believe they filmed the movie, made the entire movie out of soup. <laughs> uh, lots of browns. Yeah. Lots of murky grays. Well, okay. Um, well, the copy I'm lending you is, is pretty decent. Uh, it's the um, Shell Factory put out uh, like a quadruple set of Roger Corman related movies. So this one and, and the three others and the... It's not a bad uh, looking edition. You can also watch the extended edition, which is bits they found. Because there's, there's no like full length intact version of it. Right. Uh, so they found bits from like, a, there's like a Dutch um, uh, subtitled version, which is really poor. Okay. And uh, there's like a, what looks like a satellite TV version. And they've, and they've stuck those scenes in. So if you select the extended version, you can watch those bits as well. So it'll be continuity, but it'll be a big disparity in quality yep, between... Yeah, yep. it, it even kind of pauses and okay. goes much Yeah, uh, the... But, but you can watch it as like the, the standard version and it's it's okay looking. Yeah. The one on on Prime, uh, there's a scene that the quality drops even worse. <laughs> and you can tell like, oh, they they retrieve this scene from something else oh. from another cut because it's a lot racier oh than uh than the rest of the movie okay in the same way the spanish version of 1931 dracula has much more cleavage yeah, yeah. I mean, at this time they'd shoot extra scenes for different markets oh, okay. yeah yeah well um, yeah, and there... it stars rosal Benary. um she's she's beautiful she's she's lady frankenstein okay and joseph cotton's in it yep <laughs> who's joseph cotton i don't think I joseph know. cotton was in one of the greatest movies of all time 
Citizen Kane. Oh. He played, uh, was he the reporter or was he the friend of... He was... He was a friend, friend of Kane. Yeah, oh, okay. I know the yeah. guy you're talking about. I watched that just recently. And it's got Mickey Hargitay in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, with his shirt on. Throughout. Oh. What's he doing with his shirt on? I don't know. He's not supposed to wear a shirt. Um, so for listeners who who recognize the last name, that's Mariska Hargitay's dad. Mm-hmm. Her mom was Jane Mansfield. Yep. So a little, little uh, famous lineage there. Uh, Marina Massey is in it. Uh Marino Massey was in, uh, he was in Tenebrae. Oh. Uh, he plays Thomas, the, uh, oh, yes. the servant. Um, Paul Muller is in it. He was in E. Vampiri. And who uh, played the monster? He was in Venus and Furs, Journey to Italy. Um, that's up on my, uh, that's one of the, I think I have two movies left that I borrowed from you, not counting this one here. Uh, Venus and Furs is one of them. Okay. So that's uh, that's upcoming. I don't know who plays the monster. Want me to look that up? Offhand. I could look that up. Um, yeah, but Rosa Bonari, she's in a horror movie, she's billed as Sarah Bay. Bay, yeah. Uh, she plays Tanya Frankenstein. Wait, which movie was this we're looking at? Frank- Lady Frankenstein. Oh, okay. It's a Frankenstein made for a lady. <laughs> yeah. Manly, yes, but I like it too. All right. And uh, Whiteman. Uh, Paul Whiteman. Oh, okay. oh, this says Peter Whiteman. Well, should we trust the book? You or? couldn't tell who he was because he had... The monster catches on fire at some point <laughs> and his face is burned. You know, that reminds me, there was a there was a burning monster scene in... Uh, in uh, the Curse of Frankenstein, yeah, it remind mm-hmm. me of the, the old saying: uh, uh, "Build a man a fire, and he'll be warm for a night; but set a man on fire, and he'll be warm <laughs> for the rest of his life." Yeah. <laughs> so you know. So you, you didn't like this one at all. Uh, we didn't dislike it. It was uh, no I Frankenstein, I'm sure, <laughs> but uh, you could tell it was very low budget and uh, kind of slapped together. Okay. If you watch the the extended one, there's like a scene in it where she's talking about um, the uh, galvanic experiments and the vault experiments of the yeah. day, which is what the, the research that inspired Actually, Mary Shelley, Mary, Mary, Mary yeah. Godwin. Yeah, I uh, I enjoyed her. She was good, but mm. the movie itself was just kind of like I don't know. <laughs> Another Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> Another teen Frankenstein. She just does get to make out with the monster. She does make out with the monster, yes. Does Sting ever make out with Jennifer Beals in uh, The Bride? I don't remember. See, this is why I wanted to rewatch it, because I kind of feel like... Is that an upcoming court case? or? Yeah, it should okay. be. <laughs> yeah. Frankenstein versus Frankenstein. What else did you watch? Uh, I watched uh, Frankenstein from 2015. Okay. Directed by Bernard Rose, who did Candyman. Oh. Uh, this is one where it's like a, it's basically the same basic story, but it's modern day and Southern the California. Point of view? Yeah, yeah. So it follows him around. Um, uh, Victor Frankenstein is played by Danny Houston. Um, and Elizabeth Frankenstein is played by Carrie Ann Moss. Oh, okay. Um, and then Adam, they're creature is yeah. 
played by uh, Javier Samuel. And uh, Tony Todd turns up as a bum named Eddie. That's weird. I was just thinking about Tony Todd. He should he should play Frankenstein. <laughs> um, so the yeah, monster. He, he's basically the the hermit character. Oh. Uh, so that once the once Adam gets out of the labs and makes his way into Los Angeles and he meets you know various unsympathetic people, the first sympathetic person he meets is a blind guy. I bet he doesn't play a violin. Does storm he? drains. And he plays a guitar. He sings the blues. Oh, he does. Yep. Get to hear him singing. With those giant hands, <laughs> play a guitar. Yeah. I guess. Um, is it like? One third larger in scale, so his fingers will fit on the fretboard. I imagine so. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, it's interesting. Um, it's not much fun at all. It's not pretty relentlessly grim. Mm. Uh, pretty gruesome. Um, Does it know it is? Does is it doing this on purpose? Oh yeah, it's very serious. Oh, okay. Uh, there's a dog that dies in it as well. Oh great. A lot of dogs that died in these movies. I've noticed. <laughs> um, you know, you know what Argento got right? Just use a German Shepherd puppet. <laughs> no one feels bad about your fake dog dying. He's not shown dying in that movie. Yeah, that dog doesn't die in that movie. He oh, runs it's, it's off. Just, it's just, he runs okay, off. Okay, okay. And, and lives happily ever after. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, I also watched uh, Frankenstein eighty. I don't, is that what it's I, called? So you, you've all seen I, Frankenstein 70, which is the Boris Karloff one from okay. 1958. Then Frankenstein 80 is from 1972. Okay. There was also a Frankenstein 90. Which was made when? Um, in the 80s? 2004. Frankenstein, Frankenstein 90 came out in 84. None of this makes any sense, man. <laughs> Are you still with me? <laughs> no. All right. So, so I'll Frankenstein 80. Frankenstein okay. 80 from 1972. So this is a really wretched, sleazy, scummy, bad-looking European Frankenstein movie. All right. So write th- write this down. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know this is, this is going in the in the show description. This is directed by Mario Mancini, who's otherwise worked as a camera technician or a director of photography. And this one looks awful. Slash. Or maybe I was watching a bad print of it or something. But it's got. It's got John Richardson in it as a reporter. He was in Black Sunday and oh, okay, yeah, one million BC and she and all those. Um, and then Sonia's played by Delila Di Lazaro, who was in Warhol's Frankenstein. Ah, and uh, anyway, you'll be excited to know there's a Denver connection here. Oh man, Otto Frankenstein is played by Gordon Mitchell, who is a bodybuilder who was born in Denver. Wow. And uh, got lots of work in Europe. Well, that's great. Very interesting face. Very kind of menacing brow. Um, And the effects, at least the makeup effects, are by Carlo Rambaldi, plus a local butcher. Of Mm. course. Because there's lots of... There's there's guts. Big slushy things being handled and Mm. stuck in buckets and so on. Um, and this, this conflates sex and death, like not many others, uh, like this is so, uh, you just feel like showering after it. <laughs> like, uh, the killings in this usually involve a woman and as she's being killed, she loses her clothes. Of course. Well, yeah. So <laughs> it's like, uh, there's this woman, she's like, she's just working in a butcher's and I'm like, the guy comes in and, uh, 
when she goes into the back room to prepare some stuff for him, he comes and he grabs this massive like thigh bone and beats her to death with it. And oh, it's just wow. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, so there was no there's no comedy to it. There's comedy relief because there's an idiotic police chief who's got slightly less idiotic police working for him, you know. But, mm-hmm. but he beats her with a, like, a, a like femur, her. not a humorous. So shoehorn that in there. Sorry. So, uh, yeah, so it will cut from one of these killings to the police chief. You know, Bumbling. You know, yeah. like, And, and his, his, his troops going, uh, yes, boss, and offering to light a cigar and stuff. Um. <sighs> And then the creature's named Maseko uh, is played by, uh, his first name is X-I-R-O. How do you pronounce that? Zero? In, is it zero? I guess. Zero Papas. Uh, and this is this is like inspired by the Italian sex horror comics of the day, like, um, uh, oh, I can't think of them now. Um, you know, you know, there's like a whole... You, yeah, like the, the killing. The and... covers would always have like some disheveled woman and mm-hmm. some some creature, normally paint, a really good painting, but borrowed from an uh, older monster movie. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, so and this movie itself appeared as a photo novel in 1973 in a magazine called Cinesex. Huh. Hmm. So anyway, there's that. Wow. Well, all right. <laughs> um. Frankenhooker, you watched? You didn't, yeah. you didn't get around to that one. I didn't get around to it. I did watch it a year or two ago. But Have you seen that one? Long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Frank Hannon, lot of film. Yeah, yeah. It's got the smart ass kid from um, uh, Street Trash. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, the bus boy. That's fun. And he's got Gumby and Pokey on his shelf as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and there's a bathroom graffiti which says sometimes a little brain damage can help. Ah, uh, brain damage. Yeah. That's a fun one. I'll let you watch that one. Yeah. And I watched uh, Frankenstein Italian Styled from 1975. That's what it's called? Armando Crispino. Um, yeah, Frankenstein Italian Style. There was, there was a movie called Divorce Italian Style. I was going to say. Which is, <laughs> which is classic. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, Mario Mastrantani. What's his name? Well, I don't remember who's in it. Or did yeah, it, that's, but, a, that's a really funny. But it's a good movie. Black yeah. comedy, yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is Frankenstein Italian style. Yeah, so there's like then there was like ghost Italian style and marriage oh, Italian style and whatever, yeah. you know. So um, was this a was this a takeoff on Love American style, the T V show title, or was it probably before man. Or did it predate it? Because I, I you know Yeah, I, I don't know. Because that, that show, that that weird little weekly uh-huh. show that was like would you call it an anthology? It would be like a bunch of yeah. short stories. That launched Happy Days. Yeah, it'll be before that. Yeah, yeah, so, I think. Uh, yeah, I think divorce Italian style is predates okay. love. Yeah, it was in the sixties. American style. Yeah, which I never remember being particularly. Well, I was a kid, so I didn't want that bullshit. I wanted monsters. No. You know, when I was a kid, I used to think, you know, we could have a monster for for president, and you know, be careful what you wish for. Really? Uh, but you know, anyway, <laughs> yeah. getting back to reality, <laughs> sure. uh, Frankenstein Italian style. So this is a sex comedy a la Young Frankenstein, very much so, oh. but without the laughs. Um, uh. The, the, uh, <laughs> the mon- uh, so uh, he he creates this creature and uh, it it sleeps with all the women in the castle, and uh, uh, the um. 
I, I, shall I spoil the ending? Go for it. Well, he decides that he he wants the action for himself, so he transplants a certain part of the monster back to himself. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, Young Frankenstein, the land that came out, is a big, is a big hit, and, and so, like, you had several other versions of it. Right. Uh, so there's also a Turkish one called Sevimli Frankenstein from the same year. Uh-huh. Uh, by Nehat Saidam. Um, Sevimli means my friend. Oh, Frankenstein. Uh, I've only watched about a third of this so far. <laughs> that good? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> to watch it in installments. <laughs> uh, all right. And, and then the last one I watched was um, Frankenstein's Bloody Terror from 1967. Enrique Lopez. Hmm. Never heard of it. Uh-uh. Uh, this is also known as La Marca del Hombre Lobo. Okay. Uh, and Mark of the Wolfman. Yes. And yeah. Hell's Creatures. Uh, so the... Uh, this is the first of the uh, Paul Nashi, Count Voldemar Dininsky movies. Uh, Paul Nashi's Spanish name is uh, Jacinto Molina. Hmm. You say you say J as J in Spain, don't you? It's not a. Uh, I don't think I know it's an H in Mexico. I don't yeah. know if it is in Spain though. I think in Spain it's different, isn't it? Yeah, je, je, it's more of a J. I think it is anyway. like a Z Z S H um, sound or something. Yeah. So this this has got. Two werewolves and two vampires in it. There's no Frankenstein in it at all. But what happened was the US re-edit, for some reason, they decided to relate it to Frankenstein. So they got Gray Morrow, the uh-huh. comics artist, to do this like prologue, with these pictures where the Frankenstein monster morphs into a, wolf a, a werewolf <laughs> called Wolfenstein. Wow. <laughs> so, wow, indeed. <laughs> So, Again, uh, someone make an excellent version of this. This would be great. <laughs> Rob Zombie, we're looking at you, man. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's entertaining enough. You know, it's like you know, have you seen Paul Nashi movies? No, I don't believe so. So, so he, he's he's obviously really loves the old Universal films, yeah. and uh, but it, the, it, so he he amps them up, and it's him starring as all the creatures, and the <laughs> hero, and then you get these beautiful Spanish women he gets to sleep with in the movies and. <laughs> uh, and you know, there's more blood in it than before, and uh, and bare breasts and so on. Yeah. Um, on this one's fairly mild, but because it was the first one, but um, yeah, you know, it's pretty standard for him. Sure. And you get to see werewolves fighting and werewolves fighting vampires. You know. Yeah. So there you and go. And no Frankenstein. <laughs> no Frankenstein. So don't don't expect one. So weird. But I like the idea. Yeah. So next, I'm going to continue with my investigation of Turkish Frankensteins and then get into the Japanese ones. Okay. I like that. Yeah. So, uh, was, was that your list of Frankensteins uh-huh. you've covered? Um, Will, now you spoke briefly about the ones you had watched. Do you want to go into depth about any one of them in particular or, uh, or all of them in particular? Well, the, uh, 2004 one, I think was probably closest to the book. Um, uh, which one is but that? But it was a Hallmark movie. So oh. Oh. they fall in love at the end. No, <laughs> it was just kind of dull. I mean... Lesson they, learned. I won't do it again. Yeah. Um, stop me if you heard this one. This one it involves a guy tampering in God's domain. Oh. He attempts to make a man. Uh, huh. Then uh, there was uh, Frankenstein, The True Story, uh, 1973. Uh, which was more interesting. Um, 
I don't know how close the true story it was. Yeah, I've not seen that for a long time. Um, they do know that the original story wasn't true. No, they don't. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, this one kind of plays up the uh, relationship between Dr. Victor Frankenstein and his friend Henry and Frankenstein's fiance Elizabeth and kind of transposes that with the Mary Shelley, Percy Shelley, uh, uh, Lord Byron. Yeah. <clears throat> dynamic there. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, fairly gay movie. Is I'd it? Say. <laughs> it seems like Henry and Victor a lot closer <clears throat> than uh, Victor and Elizabeth are. Is it alluded to or is it actually shown? Uh, it's more alluded to. I okay. mean, this was 1973. Oh, yeah. British film. And then, uh... You could get arrested back then for... Probably. Showing something. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I don't know. It was all right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's Frankenstein. How much more can you say? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> we should just edit this podcast down to that. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Frankenstein. Just a big long bleep and then just that. Yeah, you there know. we go. Yeah. Well, it's a story that I think can be done again, and it can be done better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we're all going to have our favorites, you know, whether it's, you know, for me, it's always going to be Bride of Frankenstein, followed by 1931 Karloff Frankenstein, and uh, and it goes from there. But, uh, you know, everybody has that one or two that they think are the definitive ones. And, uh, Jolien, was your first one the Hammer um one of the Hammer films? Probably, yeah. Yeah, being that you grew up in England. Um, I didn't see them in order. Oh, so it, just, so it no. made no sense at all, did it? They stand alone. I think I might have even seen the last one first, like Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell. Oh. I can't remember what order I saw them in. I definitely didn't see the first one first. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, So that sort of defined it for you early on. Yeah, but, look but of it. You, you find out pretty fast that there's no definitive, you know, uh, close adaptation of the book. No, they they don't they they don't follow it in any of these movies. Well, it's so hard because it, it's so epic and 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 you look at the book and it's like there's three parts to it, aren't there? So, and they're from three different points of view. And it sweeps across continents. Yeah, and it's <laughs> so that might make an interesting structure. You know, you've seen films like that with different points of view, but yeah, it's pretty tough to yeah. adapt. Yeah. Yeah, changing points of view weren't that that wasn't a common thing back then, was it? When No. When Mary Shelley wrote that. So you got I don't know. Not read enough <laughs> books from them from 200 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it seems like uh if somebody really wanted to follow the book closely mm-hmm. and give everything like a really cool look, it would it would take some serious budget. Yeah. And a lot of commitment. But you know why? <laughs> yeah, you got yeah, the book there. It's very readable. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, that was the problem with the Hallmark one. I mean, I haven't read the book in a zillion years, but <clears throat> I don't think they had the budget to conquer that big of a of a story. Although I did like the monster spoke, and I don't know. They mm. still had to speed some stuff up and slow some stuff down. Yeah. And, Leave some things out. Leave some stuff out. Sure. It's interesting, though. Hallmark. Uh, 
you always think like Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and there's there's like a um, uh, Frankenstein cartoon started it coming out pretty fast after the movie. Oh yeah. Uh, like I watched uh, <clears throat> uh, there was a Mickey Mouse one just a couple of years after the first. After the Carl thirty movie. one, yeah. yeah. Uh, and there was a Mighty Mouse cartoon in forty two called Frankenstein's Cat. Oh, interesting. Where uh, yeah, it's this cat on top of this like robotic body that chases birds and mice around. <laughs> I like that. <clears throat> yeah. That, you know, that could be made into some serious film. Yeah, and, and uh, Mighty Mouse comes along and decapitates him. Wow, wow Mighty Mouse. You got dark really quick. <laughs> well, and, and the Franken-Cat has this uh, self-flagellation machine. It's this kind of, he turns a crank and then this boot hits him in the ass. Really, hmm. just to move him along? He just hits himself with it, kicks himself. Just for no reason? Yeah, just to... Get himself in the groove. Oh, okay. Hmm. Start his day. And we had the monsters, of course. I mean, that's the, yeah. You know, that's, that's. Well, Frankenstein's so pervasive. You know, yeah. So everything's been done with it. You, yeah. you name it. Yeah. There's a Frankenstein, and it's you know so, you know, every scientific debate, someone's going to say Frankenstein at some point. Well, sure. Yeah. And we've we've just been doing movies with Frankenstein in the title, but if you go like Mad Scientist. Oh yeah. You know, how many of those are there? Yeah, there's a lot of... At least fingers. five or six. Yeah. <laughs> um, more, fing- more than I have fingers. And uh, um, I only think of every... Uh, uh, every Cronenberg horror movie is Frankenstein yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. Yeah. Reanim- the he Reanimator was supposed movies. to make a Frankenstein. Yeah, they keep asking him, but he, he couldn't think what to do with it. But, you know, <laughs> on the other hand, that's all his science fiction horror movies. Yeah. You can say, oh, yeah. Stephen Bissett posted something on Facebook a while back that was some uh, mock-up ad from the 70s for a Cronenberg Frankenstein. Oh, one of those big newspaper announcements. Yeah, and he talked about it and how uh, somebody mentioned that they asked Cronenberg why he never made a vampire movie, and he said he didn't believe in vampires, so... (laughs) Yeah, you know, uh, <clears throat> it's a good answer. You know, yeah, I think Cronenberg's movies are all sort of Frankenstein. I mean, The Fly, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, you look at uh, Reanimator as a Frankenstein story, yeah. undoubtedly. Um, especially when you've got the headless corpse running around doing things. Yeah, yeah. Reanimated from the dead. That you know, that's. <clears throat> How much more Frankenstein-y do you need it to be? Herbert West, he's pretty driven. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got... Yeah, that's, you, know, so you read all those Herbert West stories and it's like two guys, yeah. medical students, yeah, grabbing bodies yeah, by various means. And playing God. <laughs> sure. So that, that playing God thing is one of the things that she put into her 1831 revision. Yeah. So that wasn't in the original novel. The original novel's got a lot more like scientific process and education yeah. and then the plays uh, kind of influenced yeah. her yeah i didn't realize yeah because that. That, like, the first major play was presumption mm-hmm. and uh, that was really popular yeah and then and then you read her revision and she's actually using the word presumption and bringing in you know things being taboo yeah so it's art imitating art imitating art mm-hmm. it's crazy yeah <laughs> Wow, man. <laughs> that just blew my mind. 
Well, do you feel like we covered our Frankenstein movies pretty well? Yeah. Yeah. More next week. Yeah. More next yeah, week. Yeah, we will definitely talk about more in your recently watched. So since we are into Women in Horror Month, uh, for next week, how about we talk about Slumber Party Massacre, or I'm sorry, The Slumber Party Massacre, 1982. Okay. All right. This is... Um, uh, Written by Rita Mae Brown and uh, who else here? Um, Amy Holden Jones is not credited, but she's the director Mm -hmm. and apparently did some of the writing as well. So we could cover this old gem from uh, 1982 and a gem. eh? It's a gem. I don't know if it's a gem or not. I don't. Mm. I don't know for sure. I've seen this one. But uh, we need to... You know. I know I've seen several Slumber Party Massacres yeah, over I've the years. Yeah, I've seen the first three. Okay. Yeah, I've seen at least that many. Yeah. Is that the one with the drill? Yep. Look, yeah, look, okay. Will. It's either this or the Babadook. You want to you watch that kid again screaming no. in the back of that car? No. Okay. Then it's, you know, it's either this or Slumber Party Massacre, oh, right. man. All right? All right. Babadook, no thank you. Uh, and it's not really, you know, the story. It could be... It could be something good, but that fucking kid. <laughs> Watch the short. Yeah, maybe that we could do that. Talk about that too. Okay. <laughs> How much better is that that you got so much less of the kid? All right. So we covered it. We got something. We covered it. We got something queued up for next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well. That'd be great. Thank you for listening. Stay off the moors. <laughs>